In this episode of Sound Plus Doctrine, Bob and I are joined by John Altoff, one of the songwriters on Sovereign Grace albums and kids' projects. He shares about how he became involved with Sovereign Grace music, as well as helpful thoughts on writing and co-writing. Welcome to the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. And I'm Bob Coughlin. And we have a special guest with us this morning, uh, John Altoff. Hey there. We are happy that you are with us Glad and uh, going to take some time to get to know you um, and how you came to Sovereign Grace Music. And um, Bob, I, you know John, You like your history goes back further than mine. It does. Yes. I've known John, what, eight years, seven, eight years? Yeah, that sounds about Somewhere right. That, and you came down from Michigan to mm-hmm. Louisville, Kentucky? We came down to Nashville. Nashville from that's Michigan. right. Well, yep. that's, that's close enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what did you? What brought you down to Nashville with Shay, uh, your wife? Right. Your yeah. Kids? Yeah. So we came down. Uh, Sovereign Grace was planting a church from uh, Knoxville to Nashville, and we had heard oh, about that through a mutual sorry. friend. And uh, I was in Michigan at the time, kind of in a season of life of trying to discern what the Lord had next for us. Okay. And had a um, just had a heart um, to to be part of a Sovereign Grace church, and so we stepped out of full-time ministry and just in faith, uh, moved down to Nashville. Uh, the Lord provided a job just so we could be there and serve the church. And so I worked, you know, outside of the church full-time and just served planning, leading worship, helping out wherever I could. John, that's a big move. Uh, I mean, just, just to, for a second, fill that out. Sure. Left full-time ministry, went down to Sovereign Grace Church, got a job, served as a worship leader. What, what was it that made you want to do that? So that was a, probably about a two or three year process, um, and part of this comes into like how I got involved with Sovereign Grace. But probably my first exposure was a guy from the church that had come to my office one day and you know asked to meet with me, and actually brought um, some resources from Sovereign Grace Music, which I wasn't familiar yes. with at the time. Yeah, and he had loved Sovereign Grace for a long time, and you know just was a member uh, of the church, and and I was leading worship at the church, and he said, "Hey, there's some great songs that Sovereign Grace Music oh, wow. does, and I'd love you know for you to uh, to check these out." And so I said, "Okay," so he gave me a couple CDs. And he told me about about your blog, Worship Matters, huh. and so I kind of got on Worship Matters blog, started you know reading different blog posts that you had done, and I thought, wow, there's there's people out here who like kind of oh, think think the same way I kind of think, <laughs> but who are further along, and yeah. just you know began to learn mm. from a lot of the wisdom that you know mm. uh, from what you were writing in the blogs, mm. and then uh, maybe a year after that, uh, I attended my first uh, Worship God conference, which I I think was uh, 2009, if I remember right. Wow. I think John, John Piper? Piper was there. Yep. yep. Uh, Where the, was that? It was in Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg oh, okay, yeah. 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 And so I remember being at that conference, really, and that was like a pivotal moment for me because it was kind of like, like these are my people kind of feel. Like, <laughs> oh, I've had wow. similar doctrinal beliefs, but hadn't seen that really practiced in, in a practical way within like a local church setting. Mm-hmm. But being at that conference, I just thought, wow, this is, this is, I think, what I've been like longing for, looking for. For a while, but just didn't know it was even around. That's and so then so it was like, you know, it was like still, you know, a four year process, I think, after that, because we yeah. moved to Nashville in 2013. I believe the Worship God conference we went to was 09. So it was kind of a four year process there. That makes so much sense. I mean, because I remember you uh, had done an album with your wife, Shay. That's right. And yep. I heard that. And yeah. I heard a lot of gospel centeredness and thoughtfulness in the writing. Mm-hmm. And actually, I had the thought, man, when I found out you were moving to Nashville. I wonder if John could write for us someday. That yeah. would be so great. <laughs> yeah, I remember so, sending you the CD, I think. It yes, was one of the those, CD. I yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know you <laughs> at all, and it was one of those you know, kind of shot in the dark, like, yeah, I'll just send this to you. You know, I think Maybe I got your contact through 
your website or something yeah, and was yeah. just like, hey, I'll send you a CD. And you know, if you don't have time to listen to it, totally understand. No, and you actually great. got back to me and were like, yeah. hey, I hear some great things. Here's some things you could work on. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is great. Like good feedback. And, That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So you have been writing for Sovereign Grace now. Yeah. Um, and I should add that right now you are a full-time pastor at Redeeming Grace Church in Nashville. Yeah, so I'm working on pastoral residency, working towards uh, eldership oh, okay. coordination. So okay. yeah, been there uh, on staff about two years now. Wonderful. Yep, working full-time there. Okay, so mm-hmm. how did you... I remember you came to a songwriter retreat. We have a mm-hmm. once-a-year songwriting retreat, about 15, 20 people that we invite, and we get together and work on projects. And you yep. came to one of those. I did, yeah. But I don't remember you getting a song on an album. No, what year no, was it? It was a few years. I think it would have been uh, January of 2014. Okay. Because okay. we moved in September of 2013, and mm. then you sent me the invitation. And for me, honestly, that was kind of out of the blue. Yeah. And I was like, maybe our pastor Dave must have like let you know he that I was. At the I, he sent me hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I knew there was a reason. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, yeah. So I think you you sent me an email along with those you know fifteen or twenty other people just saying, hey, we're having this songwriting retreat, love, love for you to be there. And at the time, I was honestly like, how did I get on this list? Mm. And even, I remember joking, Shay and I were joking, she's like, maybe you got on there by accident or something, you know? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but but however I got on there, I'm going, you know? So I was like, I'm going to go. Great. So yeah, try, I came up, to avoid and it was, uh, it was at Neil's house, and I can't remember if it was for, which no, album great. it was for. Yeah, it may have been Romans or Sooner Count the Stars. I think it was Sooner Count the Stars, okay, actually, the if I remember right. The okay. yeah, yeah, I believe it was that one. Which is a challenging album. So the album, a challenging term to write for. Yeah. Um, but the album I remember you really being gold on, in other words, that album wouldn't exist without you, was the kids' album that we wrote as a companion album to Marty Machowski's um, book, devotional, family devotional, Theology. Yeah. Get it? Theology. Uh-huh. Um, you came up huge for that. I don't know, you wrote like five or six of the songs, and I remember working on a couple with you, just Mm -hmm. like at the very last minute, okay, we need this song for this, because you're you're working for different themes. So was that a surprise to you, that you had so many kids' songs just, you know, coming out of you? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a yes and no kind of thing, because um, when I served at the church in Michigan, one of the things that we did was uh, our, our children's ministry... Um, we had like a curriculum that they would do throughout the fall, and there were um, scripture memory songs that we wrote as a team to go with that. And so I had had like maybe four, three or four years where we had written probably twenty five songs every wow. summer. That was kind of like my like a big project that I would do. And um, wow. so through that, I think, and I didn't write all those. That was a team of people that would mm. write, but I would probably write six, seven, eight, you know, maybe even ten. Um, and help produce those. And so part of that three to four year process was kind of learning what kids enjoyed because mm-hmm. I would hear back from the teachers and like, oh, they really like this song. Or oh, there would be songs that are okay. like, nobody likes this song, you know? <laughs> like, or, you know, I'd have parents that tell me like, oh, we love listening to that one in the car because we would make CDs, you know, mm. of them um, back to the CD. So I'm dating myself. But anyway. But uh, you had direct feedback from direct the feedback. songs that worked and the songs exactly. that didn't work. Yeah. And so through that process, I think um, it was helpful just to kind of learn like what kids liked, what kids mm. and parents kind of yes. liked. And so I feel like that helped me a little bit. Um, That's awesome. But at the same time, I think that plus having so much raw material from Marty 
was just, yes. it made it yes. easier than it probably would have been. Because I feel like, and I, when I met Marty, I said, I, I pretty much just have to thank you for all the songs that I've written because <laughs> I just take I just take all the great stuff you write and like put melodies to it. That's you true. Know? And there's a lot of truth to that. So we're going to have another podcast specifically to talk about writing for kids. So I'm going to resist. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Getting into in depth on that, so yeah. you you helped us with that, and then mm-hmm. with listen up, another kids album. Yep. And then I think the first congregational worship album we did that had one of your songs on it was Prayers of the Saints. That's right. Which yeah. uh, came out in 2017, I think. I think so. Um, and the song was "He Is Our God." Yeah, He Is Our God. Which I added a little bit to, but not very mm-hmm. much. I don't even think of having added anything to that. Song. No, you it's did. It's just a great song. Um, and then uh, new Christmas album. Uh, Heaven Has Come, mm-hmm. it's coming out October 30th of, of this year, may have already come out by the time this podcast uh, airs. Um, and yeah, so you you wrote a lot for that as well. I think co-wrote mm-hmm. three or four songs? Yeah, three or four. So let's take some time, if we can, unless yeah. you had any other thoughts, David? No. Okay. Just to talk about writing, mm-hmm. because you, you seem to be a guy who loves songwriting. I do. I mean, <laughs> I write songs... I don't know if I love songwriting. It's <laughs> it's it's hard. It is. I've been doing it for a lot longer than you, yeah, probably as long as definitely. you're alive. Um, and it just, you know, what in the process, there are certain moments that go, oh, this is great. But you just seem to like breathe it. You listen to songwriting podcasts, and you're always talking about it. So, where, how long has that been a part of you? And talk about uh, also this this. Well, let's just talk about that right right now. Sure. The love for songwriting. Where mm-hmm. does that come from? So I think the I don't know if the right the right way to put it, but the songwriting bug kind of hit me. I think I think it was two thousand four. I believe was the year. Um, the church I was at, we used to do this big Christmas program, as a lot of churches did, and we would kind of uh, pick and choose different songs and try to put them together. And sometimes we had people that would write like dramas for those things. And so mm. that year we had there was a song that was already published and it was basically John 316 set to music. And but it wasn't going to work out for the um the musical we were trying to put together. And so we contacted the publisher and said, "Hey, could we take this and just kind of adjust some lyrics?" And very wisely they said, "No." We're like, "Okay." So <laughs> I was hoping that so, was going yeah, to be no, they, they said the no. Um and so uh so I thought to myself, I was like, "Well, it's John 316. It's like the lyrics are already there. That's Maybe true. I could Maybe I could try writing a melody and see what happens. Hmm. So that's kind of what what started. Uh, and so I wrote the melody and then ended up writing a second verse and just which wait, m- wait, wait. much. One verse was the Bible, and then the next verse was yours. Yeah. So the first mm. verse is way better than the second verse, <laughs> for sure. Um, but the, the, the second verse kind of ex- tried to do expand on the theme of that verse. Uh, but anyway, so I turned it into our worship pastor at the time, very much like trepidation, just kind of. I'm sure this isn't any good, but mm. you know, just as mm. a shot in the dark. And mm. he came back to me and said, "Hey, I really like this. Can we use it in the in the musical?" That's and I'm thinking, great. "Can you use it? Like, of course you can use it. Like, that's why <laughs> no. I wrote it." Talk no, to my actually, uh, yeah, no. I'll so, get back um, to you. <laughs> yeah, so that was the first time, and just I think um, and seeing people affected by something that I had worked on and poured my mm. heart into was just mm. very meaningful. And then, as you know, a couple years gone had gone by, I would have maybe a time in a devotional that something just began to bubble up in me, like a melody with some lyrics kind of would start to come all at the same time. And so then that began writing congregational worship songs for the church. And then again, same kind of thing, like introducing those to the church, the church sings them, and then having people come and be like, oh, this song really, we just really love singing this song, you know, Mm -hmm. because of this or because of that. And so it just really kind of lit a fire in my heart to just see the value of writing, you know, theologically rich congregational worship songs that people can sing, that help 
teach that help give people voice for expression of their heart and worship. Mm. And so it's ever since then, I've just been like, just having a desire to just grow in that craft wow. and realizing that it is a craft and you really have to grow in it. Like you've got to put the work in to get better at it. Yeah. I, w- I was going to ask, how would you, how do you develop the songwriting craft? You, I, you, we said previously that you would write some songs and you'd have instant feedback from yeah. people. Um, mm, that's good. Yeah. I, I, talk to us about like... <clears throat> How does one start? Yeah, I think um, a great place to start, at least for me, when I suggestions I often make to people is um, taking an existing lyric and writing a new Mm. melody to it, Mm. or taking an existing Mm. melody and writing a new lyric to it. Because that way you don't feel like you're having to try to come up with everything all at once. So if you took a a kind of a classic hymn or something like that, like um, How Great Thou Art, or you know, come thou found or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just, you know, with songwriters, sometimes you kind of like lean more towards melody or you lean more towards lyrics. Some of it is just figuring out what you like to do, what you feel like you're good at. And then I think feedback is, is huge. Um, and then some of it too, is just the work of just writing, you Mm -hmm. know, like just getting, getting down to it and saying, Hey, I'm going to write one song. I'm going to finish it. And just Mm -hmm. think of it as your first draft. Mm -hmm. So don't think of it as like, I've got to make this song, and once I've done it, that's it. Like, I'm trying to think of that less and less the more I <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. It's like almost all my songs now, I think of it as like, if I finish it, quote unquote, it's that's only the first draft, because it's yeah. going to yeah. change. Because yeah. Yeah. someone along the way said, good writing is rewriting. Maybe like Brian Dirksen or something. I read an article, mm. yeah. and I remember that always stuck with me. Good writing is rewriting. Yeah, that's you know? so good. I like, I like the idea of um, writing to pre-existing lyrics or melody mm-hmm. because it's like building a house and the structure is there. Like yeah. the frame is in place. Right. And you know the melody works if it's something like Come Thou Found. You're like, this melody works. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Not, not to just rewrite melodies to old hymns, but the idea that it's the practice of I can you know, write, write to a structure that's already mm-hmm. in place. Instead of some people are just like pulling from where in the world do I pull this from? Yeah, exactly. And I'm just looking at a blank sheet of paper, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a really, that's really great advice for writers. Yeah. So um, John, you're saying it's not a good idea for someone to like write a song and assume that God gave them every note and every word. Yeah, I, I wouldn't make that, that assumption. And you wouldn't, shouldn't change. Almost like scripture. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Okay. But we can feel it's that way, note. can't we? Yeah. We I can mean, feel that way sometimes, Even for sure. Even you've been doing it a no, long it's time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You they, can... Well, you know, they do. They kind of like become, they're sort of your baby. You know, yes. you don't want anybody mm-hmm. to, cri- to critique it. I think yeah, that's Don't just, call it ugly. Yeah. That's just part of the process, though, of I think growing is like learning maybe to hold things a little more loosely. That's good. And realize that like something that affects you as a writer may not affect someone who's listening. That's and that's really such great. great feedback to know, like, if I'm the only one that's affected by this song, like... Maybe I should use it in my personal time, <laughs> yes. but it's not. It's just not. Maybe for whatever reason, it's for just not devotions. affecting other people, that's and that's so okay good. too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's part of the act of songwriting. I think, especially if you're writing devotionally or if you're writing for your church, that like you need to. It needs to be an overflow of your own worship to the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. and so that, I think there's value in that too when you're writing, just to yeah. have those times where it could just be. I'm writing the song to the glory of God, and if it yeah. goes no further than yes. my bedroom with my acoustic guitar, yeah. that doesn't invalidate that as a, a song. It just may right. mean that God's not using that for a, a broader purpose, and yeah. that's okay. That's really great. So we want to talk about co- co-writing song, yeah. Yeah. but before we do, share that story. I think it's Jason Ingram. Oh, yeah. That you heard on another podcast. Yes. We just, we're just re-manufacturing or repassing on stuff we've heard <laughs> on another podcast. Stuff, yeah. Podcast. Um, yeah. About yeah. how he grew as a writer. Right. I think if I remember correctly, the story was that he was a uh, he was doing merch, merch table for a band, mm. and the band needed a song 
that uh, they had a title, yes, but they didn't have a song. And so he like went back to the hotel room and wrote this song, and it was great. And it was like it made the album. Maybe even got some radio players, yeah, but he yeah. got he got like a writing publishing deal out of it. Mm-hmm. But then for I think the first year he wrote a hundred songs and like no cuts, and the second year like another hundred songs and mm-hmm. got, got one a, cut on a B one side. One cut on a B side. <laughs> yeah, and he was I think he was he was like convinced. There's no way I'm getting another. You know, year contract. So that's yeah. 200, 200 songs, songs. Yeah, that he wrote and finished. That's right. It's almost like years. the ten thousand hours concept. You know, it's yeah, just, totally. you have to do something over and over and over again to learn what works, what doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, and it's a muscle you know? that you're slowly yeah. developing over time. Mm-hmm. Like you can't write five songs and go, these are all incredible. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> you know, right. Out of you might get five out of five hundred. Is yeah. sort of the is sort of the mentality. Yeah, but yep. then. But then after that, it was like just, I guess, everything kind of started to fall in place for him. The next thing you know, he's... And I think he was learning to be a producer over that Mm. time, too, because he was producing the demos that he would turn in. And the next thing you know, it seems like everything he writes is on albums everywhere. And it seems like sort of from that point for the next, you know, several years... Like a lot of the stuff you were hearing on the radio, or like yeah. you know projects with major labels and all that stuff, his name was everywhere. What I remember mm-hmm. him saying was, last couple of years he'd had he's had a hundred songs cut each year. Wow, wow, which was quite a difference. That's, That's yeah. So anyway, That's I just amazing. that found that very inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of co-writing. Um, what are some of the things you love about co-writing? Yeah, and because uh, I, th- I was thinking about feedback, how when you yeah. have a co-writer. Yeah. You have feedback right oh, there yeah. as you're writing. Um, Absolutely. And then what are some some of the things, if someone's thinking about co-writing, they should watch out for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things I love is just being able to bounce different ideas off of each other, and everybody brings their own strengths. And so part of it is that immediate feedback of like, you can throw something out there, and if everybody kind of agrees like, oh yeah, we really like that, you can kind of keep going down that road. Mm-hmm. Or it may happen the opposite way, where you throw out an idea, and then nobody's like, you know, jumps on it. You're kind of like, okay, I guess that wasn't that very good idea. So you, you have to learn to like, again, going back to like not holding things too, too precious, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think it teaches you not to hold things. And, but also one of the things I've had to learn is to be less afraid. And so be less afraid to just throw out an idea. Because sometimes you, you know, especially if you're, I'm an internal processor, so I like to think about things before I like put them out, you know, into the air or whatever, into somebody else's ear. And I've had to learn to do that less and just kind of go with the gut, so to speak, and just Mm. throw throw out the idea, Mm. sort of like spitballing ideas. And, you know, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't, but just because someone doesn't like it doesn't mean it doesn't invalidate you as a writer, but you just Mm. need to like get stuff out there and just, you know, just keep throwing out ideas until something works. So that's that's one of the things I like about co-writing. Mm. And then just when you see everybody's strengths kind of coming together to make mm. something you know, better than you could have done by yourself. Mm. Yeah. So I've been trying to do that more, um, just co-writing, you know, whether that's in a room with somebody or getting an idea to a certain point and then sending it off to somebody and saying, hey, yes. what do you think about these lyrics? Yeah, or, yeah. Do you like this melody? Should we change it? Yeah. And so, you know, even like songs on the Christmas album were that way, just kind of yes. coming up with an idea, throwing it out to somebody and then kind of batting it back and forth. Okay. Here's a question. You ha- you When I've co-written with you, mm-hmm. you are one of the most flexible... Hmm. Open-handed, you know. I mean, it's amazing to me because we've worked on a number of kids' songs, mm-hmm. a couple worship songs. Um, what's that balance between, you know, saying to other people that you're coding with, "Yeah, oh, hey, I'm totally open," right, and saying, "Yeah, I don't 
think that's the way yeah. it should yeah. go. You know, without becoming territorial and saying, right. don't touch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. kill my baby, you mm-hmm. know? Yes. Uh, what's, how do you find that balance? I just find you a real joy to co-write with. And mm-hmm. have you guys done any writing? Oh, yeah. Things? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And do, would you find the same thing, David? Yeah, you find absolutely. Just yeah. horrible to work No, <laughs> very, very easy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. John, would you say the same thing about David? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, and to answer your question, though, I do think there is a time... I don't know if it, I can explain it any other way than it's sometimes it's like a gut reaction thing where you go, there's something sometimes it's so meaningful that you have to fight for it, mm-hmm. you know, where someone else might might say like, I'm not really sure about this. I think you have to fight for it when you know that there's nothing better, at least in your opinion. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I don't think anything that we're doing is better than this. Mm. Or maybe it was like, this was the original inspiration. And so I got like, I wouldn't want to lose that like part of the melody because for whatever reason that like, that seems to give the song a lift. So I think you just kind of have to know. It just comes with time, I think. Um, I was going to say that. The experience of songwriting sort of validates the the voice to say, I really feel strongly that this should stay. Yeah, and that's when I think you just have to be honest with yourself. If you really feel strongly about something, like a good case in point was when I was writing with Cameron, on the song Come For Us. On the we, Christmas album. On the Christmas album, Cameron yeah. Keith, yeah. Cameron Keith, yeah. There's a song called Come For Us that we started together, and I had some different ideas, and you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half, you had come in the room at that point, I think mm-hmm. had left, and we were working on this lyric about, I think, I'm trying to remember the exact lyric, but Cameron basically said, he's like, you know, I really think that we that this lyric needs to stay. And I was, I was the one that was like, I don't really feel like that does. Mm. But then, you know, I kind of like, I like reassessed it and I thought, okay, well, let's give it a shot and just bring a few more people in and mm. see. And as more people would come into the room and we would, you know, ask, uh, his his side was validated. And I, I remember even encouraging him saying, like, hey, I'm glad you fought for that, you know, because like cool. I'm, it's like not like I have every right idea about something, nor mm-hmm. does he, nor does anybody else. But it was kind of like the group validation of like there was enough people going, Oh yeah, I love that lyric. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, okay, great, let's keep it. Even though for me it wasn't initially my my personal choice. Yeah. But then the opposite's true sometimes where I feel like I'm the one that's going, like I really feel strongly about this melody or about this lyric. And then sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. Yeah. But, and if are you gonna say something? No, go ahead. I think a a, a lot of times you change, you know, in your perception. Like mm-hmm. I'll hear I'll think a line's really great at one point, then three days later think it's eh, right? okay. Yeah. yeah. But then also in the context of the song, as the song changes it, it it affects different parts of the song. So at mm-hmm. one point, what may have been the high point of the song, maybe there's another high point of the song now, and you don't really need that. And so, mm-hmm. just find that being flexible along the way, having those convictions, yeah, but being flexible. You're just a real model of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Um, so thanks for thanks for doing that. Yeah. What would you say to someone who uh, is co-writing a lot? Mm-hmm. Um, but the person they're co-writing with, maybe they don't have a lot of people to co-write with. The person they're yeah. co-writing with, it just feels like a brick wall. Mm. You just feel like you're constantly, yeah, you know, hitting each other and and not thinking that I don't feel like we're getting anywhere with these songs. And yeah. you have twenty unfinished songs that you're trying mm. to co-write with people. Yeah, and you have you know accessible. So how would you like? How would you give advice to that person? Should they seek? Outside co-writers, mm. should they mm-hmm. keep working mm. with that same person? Um, I think seeking out outside co-writers would be a good thing. Maybe even just getting a third person if it's a group of two people, and mm. for whatever reason you're just not gelling. Mm-hmm. Like I think too, that's part of it is like learning uh, what you're what you're good at and what you're not good at. 
Mm. And then seeking out people who are good at what you're not Can good at. Can compliment that. Yeah. yeah okay. So I, for me, I feel like I have, I love writing both lyrics and melodies. And for me, I feel like my melody writing is a little stronger than my lyric writing. Mm. And so I will seek out people who are better at lyrics mm-hmm. than me. Mm. Um because sometimes when it comes to melody stuff, I mean, a lot of it is subjective, right? Like I may like a melody and think yeah. it's amazing and somebody else is like, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so getting a third person in the group is helpful because then it's it's not just like you versus me and our opinions. Yeah, It's like there's at least, at some point you're going to have a majority. You yeah. know? And then I think too, just finding finding as many ways as you can to find other co-writers. That could be different Facebook groups or maybe it's you know reaching out to five like-minded churches in your area mm. and just, you know, emailing or calling the church and saying, Hey, are there anybody, is there anybody in your church that you know, that likes to write songs Mm. and then just connecting with those people, you know, whether that's so it could be online, it could be in your town, but yeah, get a group of three people together and like everybody bring a song and meet, you know, every other week or once a month, everybody bring a song or even part of a song like, Hey, I got a chorus or Hey, I got a verse or whatever. And just, uh, find ways to keep yourself writing. I think is the key. Just find whatever you can find to, to just keep doing it. That's so and, great. and would it be good to just keep expanding that kind of editorial board? You know, three people might think something's a great song, but then you mm-hmm. play it with a group of play it for a group of ten. Yeah, they're eh, it's okay. And we've had that happen at songwriters yes, retreats at times, right. where you have a group that's oh, this is so great, mm-hmm. and you play it for the group, and eh, it doesn't feel as great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you can get caught up in the songwriting moment, absolutely. Right? You know, and just. Be deceived. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and and I, I wanted to briefly share uh, a story of Great. something that you're you've been a part of, uh, John. When you said uh, he is our God, uh, I remember. Um, oh, that's right. I remember. I the first time I met you. Yeah. Um, I we were at a conference together, and I just happened to sit next to you in the front that's row. Right. I came in late. It was Andrew Peterson was giving a talk. Yeah. And I, I came in late, and I, had, I I knew a guy who was sitting. I think right. In, next to you or something, yeah, yeah. and so yeah, we sat down and you were Guys, like, I "We're really not caring about who sat where. Just get on with the story." Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you like whispered. I like introduced myself, and then you whispered, yeah. "Like I gotta tell you a story after this is over." Yeah, and I was like, "John Altoff, he is our guy." I remember working on that song, and uh, my point in all of this is that your uh, the song is never really done. Like yeah. after you write it, you can send it off, and you submitted it to a songwriting retreat, and we were about to throw that song away. It was really slow. We needed an up-tempo thing. We didn't arrange it. And then at the end of the songwriting retreat, I was there with Bob, and we just thought, like, what if we flip this on his head? What if we take this slow song and make it really fast, and we put this hook on it, and it becomes the the title track of the of the album and the one song you had on Prayers of the Saints, which I just think is really great. Like, if you're working on the craft of songwriting... You can have those songs in a bank. It's never really done, and they might find life later. Yeah, in a in a completely different scenario. So I just that was right. a wonderful way to meet you. Yeah, and also to work on that song together. That's and, right. Yeah. So. so we saved your song, John. Yeah. You pulled it from the abyss. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not so sure funny. if people can hear the uh, lawnmower outside right now, but it's we wonderful. sure can. But in any case, that shows this is a real podcast. That's right. Yeah. John, we're going to have you back for more Great. stuff. Um, love to talk about uh, the Christmas album. Love to talk about writing for kids' albums. And, and just, just in more just about writing for congregational worship and what that's like. Thank you for joining us. Glad to be Dave here. Dave and I are just, just loving uh, doing this with you. So thank you for joining us and uh, hope you'll come back and join us again. I would love to.
Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at sovereigngracemusic.org.